Hello, welcome to episode two of the official at U2 podcast, talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, commentary, and community discussion from the staff of at U2. I'm Chris Enns, and I'm joined once again by Matt McGee. Hello, Matt. Hey, Chris. How are you? I am well. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you. All right. So we're we're into episode two now. We've we've made it past the episode one. Yes. Pump, our our uh, what's that called? Not sophomore. Our first album is out the door. Our single, we hope you like our it. Our freshman, yes. <laughs> this is, oh, we totally should have done that. We should have, this is our first podcast. We hope you like it. Uh, hindsight being what it is. So uh, for folks who are just tuning in, episode one was a bit of an introduction to the show, why the show, where, how, the W's of, of the show. Uh, you can find it at goodstuff.fm slash at you two, twitter.com slash at you two is the, the, the website, Twitter account, as well as the podcast's website, facebook.com slash at u2.com and then the hashtag ask at u2 is where you can submit your questions on twitter i guess you could do it on instagram or something i don't know how you i guess Possibly. A video. Yeah, we uh, might see it there yeah i don't know <laughs> twitter definitely will see it we'll have the the machines sure. tag that but uh we don't have any follow-up per se from the last episode because you haven't heard it yet and so there's nothing to follow up from yet you the listeners but uh that'll be something we'll incorporate into future episodes for sure but we just wanted to uh, as we mentioned in the previous episode put a conversation that Matt and I had on one of my other podcasts into the feed here just to help iTunes give it a little boost. Um, do you remember what we talked about, Matt? We talked about, uh, I remember we talked, uh, it was fun. It was a fun conversation because we talked about how, uh, the internet and covering at U2 and things have changed over 20 years. And it was, uh, I just, it was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, tour details and tour thoughts i think you had seen a few shows already yeah you had definitely right. had and uh you've seen more i think since then but uh we'll cover that on future episodes of this show so for now enjoy the conversation matt and i had and we'll be back afterwards just to wrap things up yeah hey uh baby uh stand by for zoo uh, radio transmit i've got a special episode today with a special guest of a certain amount of fame <laughs> <laughs> He denies it, but uh, I know if you run a popular website in 2015, you're rolling in money. So, um, no, I'm joined by Matt McGee. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Chris. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, Matt, by way of introduction, runs uh, at u2.com, a website that, as you might surmise, talks about U2. And I've been known to talk about U2 on this podcast. And a previous guest, friend of the show, as it were, Christopher Schmidt, uh, thought I should chat with Matt and I thought that would be a great idea, but he's a insanely popular webmaster. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? You have me confused with someone. (laughs) So anyways, Christopher made us made our introductions and so now here we are chatting about you two. So welcome to the show. And this is uh you've done the podcast thing before, right? You're We used to do a pod we used to have an at you two podcast years ago and it got it was so much work to do and you know just the kind of thing just coordinating it and then the producing of it and just gathering just from chatting with you for the last 10 minutes it seems like technology has really developed lately and it seems is it much easier now than it used to be <laughs> it is it is and it isn't like it's uh i've we a good stuff here we've made it complicated probably with some of the stuff we with live streaming and all that kind of stuff but Certainly, it's easier. Probably, I don't, when was it that you like? Are we talking five years oh, ago? Or? No, I'm talking more than five. I'm talking oh, probably yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, and, and so I, I like I did. I wasn't the producer of it. Um, a gal named Teresa Cook was the primary uh, producer of ours, and so we'd have guests. You know, we'd have like three or four of us just kind of 
get on. I don't remember if we used Skype or GarageBand or something. I don't remember all, how the. I just remember that it was a just a very difficult thing to give birth to, you know, every month. And we just got to the point where, like, look, there's not enough listeners to justify this incredible effort that we're putting into this. So yeah. we stopped doing it. But if it's much easier now, if the technology is better, then maybe I don't know. Yeah, it seems I've uh, well, actually, that was where our mutual acquaintances were arranged too. Was Christopher Schmidt and I used to help out with YouTube another YouTube mm-hmm. blog of of sorts, and uh, yep. that's where I met Christopher. And we had a very short, probably shorter lived than yours. I think it was six or seven episode podcast that we did um, back in the day, and I think it was the oh, I want to say I don't know why this is significant to me, but the tour where the edge. And I, I can only say this to you and, and know that you'll understand. <laughs> right. the, the tour where the edge was fighting for his Malibu land, uh, like building house that he was trying to build or something. Right. Or some, I forget what tour that was. I think that started, well, I think that's, Elevation, I think that began like, no, I think that began like six, eight years or so ago, didn't it? Or maybe 10 years ago. If only there was a website we could look at things up on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it, that's, we started it then and, and yeah, it lasted about six or seven episodes because the thing, I don't know if this is what you guys seem to have, you have a, tons of volunteers, staff or whatever on the site. So you can get out to the shows and stuff and get people, you know, obviously and, and readers of your site submit tour news and stuff also, but it's tough to have maintain a tour podcast about you too. If nobody from the podcast is actually right. ever attending a show. So <laughs> that does make it difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've, you've been running, I, I looked actually, it's been 20 years now at you two started in 1995, right? Yeah, uh, October twenty third, nineteen ninety five. It Crazy. went online. That's it wasn't just a YouTube site. In it, 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 on day one, it was. I think it was called Matt's mostly YouTube music page. <laughs> nice. And so I had, I had, um, y- you know, like the, you'd find like a new photo from like, I, you know, like gosh, what what would have been that? It would have been like the hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me, like. Right. You know, like a photo from the Batman. And so you'd put the, you know, wow, I found a new photo online. Incredible. Let's put it on your website. <laughs> right? Like that was like huge news back then if you found a new photo. Yeah. And so, but I had some stuff from like REM and Toad the Wet Sprocket. And then, you know, I, that lasted for a couple months and it just eventually quickly became about nothing but you two. Yeah. <laughs> the kids these days have no idea how hard it was to actually be a fan digitally of a band. Right? I sit, look, I sit, I sit with, I have a 17 year old son, and on the last tour on 360, we would sit, and I, I don't know if, if you remember this or if, you, or if you watched too, but like fans over in Europe, like, I don't remember which show it was, like Switzerland or, or Poland or something like that, and some guy was using some video streaming thing that I'd never even heard of, but he was like video streaming the concert from his seats in the stadium and here we are sitting you know one o'clock in the afternoon in washington state usa watching this live concert online and like my jaws on the ground and my son just like yeah you know no big deal and i'm like you have no idea this is really incredible (laughs) exactly i don't know with like periscope and stuff anybody could just you know fires up their phone and live streaming concert here we go well that's what you two is using meerkat apparently on this tour right is yeah exactly yeah which is that's interesting that they've sort of chosen that one i don't know I have no inside baseball or any knowledge of why or what happened as to why they chose uh, that one. Uh, well, appar- I didn't either, but apparently um, Sherry Lawrence from our staff uh, had read an article saying that uh, Guy O'Siri, the new manager, and Universal Music have invested in Meerkat. 
Ah. So I bet the money is the reason that they use that instead of Periscope. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting <clears> how <throat> it all comes about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where that's where their allegiance is right now. So yeah. yeah, it's cool that it's cool that they're using it though. I mean, it's a nice, you know, a nice step in that that uh, you know that sort of current modern you know sort of direction for them. So I like that. Yeah, and, and U2 has notoriously sort of been, well, I don't know, maybe it's not that notorious outside of U2. If you're not a U2 fan, you probably could care less, but they've sort of been standoffish in terms of the whole social stuff and internet stuff, even like, well, U2 Log was kind of started as a, oh, wow, U2 has a webcam, let's catalog the video, I think, or the shot, the screenshot, not, sure, oh, not right. yeah, yeah, photos yeah. from it, I think is what what Caroline right. over at U2 Log, when she started, it was kind of just like, there's they put up a webcam, <laughs> let's take screenshots <laughs> of that and right. archive those somewhere. Yeah, that was God, those were good times. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, it just sounds so nuts to anybody these days where bands are, you know, taking photos, Instagram videos, whatever, all the time. But U two has been very with withdrawn or guarded in any of that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, like even on the last tour when uh the Edge had a Twitter account, he he refused to to type any text, right? He just he just published photos because he was afraid that you know, if he actually said something, that it would get twisted and taken out of context, and so it was all just very, you know, very cautious and hesitant with uh, just posting photos as sort of like a traveling journal of sorts, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which again, it just feels like uh, I don't, I don't even care necessarily as a fan. It's kind of it's it's funny to have this dichotomy of like this band that you look up to and you know think is rock and roll stuff and dangerous or whatever. <laughs> Not that you two has ever really been that dangerous, but you have that vision, but then you also, now they're like, for me anyways, like my dad's age almost and f- fearful of technology and, you know, struggling to check their email or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like, how do you balance these two things in my head? But, um, it's funny, like, like you'll see, like I'll read, um, like there'll be an article in like Rolling Stone or Billboard or whatever, you know, some newspaper, and it'll say, you know, we got this statement via email from Bono, right? And I like, I'm, I'm immediately thinking, like, what would it be like to trade emails with Bono? Like, does he forget to type the subject line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, does he, does he like reply all when he only means to send a, you know, a one person reply? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'd love to know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in celebrity in general, you wonder like if you're. <laughs> you're on some list and you're like, Oh shoot. Now Bono's going off again about whatever, you know, some charity or something or something. <laughs> like, right. Get me off this mailing list of Bono's exactly. on. <laughs> block mute. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, um, with, with this tour now, the one that's, uh, experience and uh, elevate, no innocence and experience, sorry. I got yep. yeah, elevation mixed in there somehow, but, um, what have you guys sort of aim to do different or or like is has this tour kind of helped you with again with all the technology and stuff that's going around uh, and people you have all over the place what has been sort of your attempts or focus or changes in terms of how you're reporting on on this tour i think what we're what we're trying to do uh, you know i mean i think i think you know video you know both live and recorded video is is just kind of where it's at uh you know at the moment and and we i, I you know i think we probably you know, for years, you know, going back to the Elevation Tour, um, you know, and then Vertigo as well, we were more focused on still photos. Like, you know, I'd, I'd ask all of our crew, you know, if you're at the show, you know, take as many great pictures as you can. Let's get them on Flickr and let's, you know, share them and spread them around and all this sort of stuff. And of course, this was, you know, pre-Twitter and pre-Facebook and all and all that. Um, and so we were kind of slow, I think, to just to, you know, to dive into the video thing. And, um, 
you know, now that, you know, everybody's smartphone is a video camera and, you know, now that, you know, digital cameras, you know, they are, you know, they get smaller and have, you know, more video capabilities. You know, we just decided, I think, you know, on the last tour on 360 as, you know, we started figuring out, you know, it's just as easy and, and, and you know, more engaging for, for fans around the world to actually just be able to watch the video instead of seeing a still photo, you know, get the whole, you know, four minute, five minute performance, or whatever it is. So, I mean, I think that's kind of been our focus and we've done a little bit with, um, with the Periscope thing, like during the shows I did, what was it? The, the second concert in Phoenix, I was there and, just decided to periscope the second half of the show, and uh, Chris, I got to tell you, I hated it. It was, it. I mean, I, I mean, it was nice because you know I know we got a lot of great feedback. Like, thanks for the periscope feed, and it looked great, and it sounded great, and, and you know that was that was fantastic. But just for me, like being the person in the arena doing the periscoping, I was like, you know, my arms are you know tired, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it just like I like I don't like I, I I'm so appreciative of the fans now that do this like for each show. But I'm like, are you, you know, how are you able to enjoy the show when you're actually doing this? Because I don't know. I just, I felt like so much pressure to make sure I was, you know, getting the right shot and, the, and you know, everything looked good and sounded good. So I don't know. Just personally, I didn't, I didn't enjoy doing it, but I love that other fans are, are willing to do it. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's an incredible, incredible to think about how the, the tour experience has changed over the last, you know, just 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And, and is there no, um, I was debating this with Christopher Schmidt the other day, just in our Slack chat, but is there, there's no like legal issues that you're up against with posting? Cause you're like the videos you, you're like, you're talking about are on your YouTube page, your YouTube channel, uh, which I'll link to. And, and it's incredible and it's great. Like it's awesome quality. It's posted within days of the concert almost. And sometimes hours. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you, so like, you know, they they do you know if they some of the shows we were at earlier in the tour they did you know like the first time they did bad uh, was that Vancouver the second Vancouver show. Like we rushed back to the hotel room. We're like, we got to get this video online right now, you know. <laughs> just like, <laughs> totally. Just and, and so yeah, it's 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 yeah. I mean, it's with it. Are there legal? I don't know. I mean, um, that's they've never done. I mean, if you if you go back, like even to you know, like YouTube was founded in what two thousand four, I guess. So on the Vertigo tour, you know. People started posting some videos, and like, I've just I've never been aware of any effort from you know the band or the record labels uh, that have been involved over the years. I've just never seen any effort from them to say you know no, take this concert video off. And I think part of that may be because YouTube uh, developed uh, a program where the creators can make money from that, where they can allow advertising to be shown on these so if, you know if we post you know a video of bad and then youtube's going to show some ads on that video page and then any you know any money that that ad generates gets shared with both youtube and with you too so i think that probably has something to do with it but i don't know maybe maybe it's just that they're recognizing that it's 
you know, it's something fans want to do. And it, you know, hopefully, I mean, I th- I'd like to think that they recognize that it's good advertising for them. That, you know, if we're posting videos and then other fans, you know, see the videos, oh, wow, I got to go see that screen in person or I want to go, you know, this tour looks fantastic and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. And that's where, like, it, it, it sort of seems at odds with the YouTube of old, um, Zoo TV era, anyways, or whatever. I remember reading in the, what was it, Bill Carter's book or one of the YouTube books, anyways, where, you know, Bono meticulously going over every video shot that they're going to release in this, you know, VHS video right. at the time of the concerts and, and sort of like not wanting to release anything that wasn't whatever, jokingly about maybe him being tall or, or short or whatever, right? Like showing right. and stuff like <laughs> <Exactly>. that. <laughs> but um, so then to have this kind of stuff out there where the concert is being shown and I guess the conceit is everybody knows it's, you know, it's an iPhone and it's shaky. It's not going to be amazing sound quality, but you get a picture of it. Because I know for me watching, like before the tour started, I saw pictures of the stage and, you know, the sort of rumors and stuff that were dripping out and, and press releases and things. I wasn't super excited because I felt like, well, it's just going to be new songs in the old tour, but then yeah, seeing some of the videos and stuff that's come out and I'm sort of geographically located in a weird spot. That's hard to get to. It's sort of middle of Canada. So I have to go far right. east, far west and just isn't working right now. But um, now I'm actually sort of disappointed that I didn't make the effort to get out to <laughs> one of the shows and hoping they're going to come back again on a arena tour or whatever a concert or a stadium tour or something after, after Europe. But um, I, I hope that you two sees the value of it. And they seem to be, obviously they could choose to, be jerks or lawyer lawyer up and and right get you yeah. guys to take them all down or whatever but that's good to hear be, be awfully hard to do just because there's i mean it's so prevalent right now with everybody having you know smartphones or bringing it and 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 by the way you know that like the official policy um for the tour is that you know obviously they can't you know you're going to bring a smartphone in they can't not let you do that but just like they've done for the past several tours it's fine to bring in, you know, a small digital camera too, a you know, a point and shoot. The the official policy is you can't bring in a camera that has uh, detachable lenses, and you can't bring in a dedicated video camera. But anything else is fair game. So I mean, I you know, I think they're uh, you know, I th- and and that's they started doing that back on the Elevation tour. That was the first time where they said, all right, we're going to let you bring small cameras in. Um, and so they've been, uh, you know, they've been really good about that. And and I think you know they recognize you know that it'd probably be a, a you know a big game of whack a mole if they tried to yeah uh, you know to start taking these videos offline. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how many shows? Which shows have you seen on this tour already? I have. I saw the first two in Vancouver, um, oh, then nice. skipped San Jose and saw the two in Phoenix. So I've seen four so far. And plans to go to more. Plans to go to more. Um, <laughs> if I, I got to tell you, if I could, I would drop everything and go to every show. It's, I mean, it's, which I've never felt like on any past tour. Like I've, really? I've always enjoyed the tours and, you know, love the shows I've been to generally. But it's like, you know, Vancouver was so off the charts good. I was like, holy smokes, I need to go see every show. I just want to, I told my wife, I said, uh, if I didn't have a job, if, you know, if your real estate career was like so incredible that I didn't have to work, I'd be like, <laughs> see you in August. <laughs> I mean, it's the shows are really, really incredible. And, um, and so yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm tempted to like I'm looking at this calendar like you know like even this morning I'm like well, what's airfare to this city and what's airfare to that city and yeah. you know, what would a hotel cost so so I mean I'm definitely got, we're we're having a big 20th anniversary party um, in late July right before the last two shows in New York so I'll be going to those shows and if there's any you know financial way to squeeze in more between now and then 
I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. It's really, really good. <laughs> so this is something I guess that I I completely appreciate and understand. But I know uh, I'm thinking back to uh, I went to Montreal on the Vertigo tour. I think it was, and I went to Edmonton on the Pop Mart tour. And both times I like they were you know they had two concerts in the cities uh, you know night after night or whatever. And I went to both. And but normal f- friends of mine who aren't you know bigger U2 fans couldn't really understand why I would go to two shows, let alone. Right many shows right exactly. and so what what is it do you think that draws you into wanting to go to more it's because it's i mean obviously it's not like going to a movie which is the exact same script exact same scenes all night after night uh, but people do that as well so what is it about going to see a band and in particular obviously you too night after night and many times over that is um keeps you coming back well i, th- I mean i think for me and i think probably for a lot of people you know there's just a certain I mean, there's a certain feeling, right? It's, it's, you know, like, you know, like Streets is my favorite song. Um, I'm actually not a, not a big fan of the way they're doing it this tour. It's, it doesn't have the same kind of oomph for me. there's just a feeling of being in that building and them playing, you know, for two and a half hours. And I don't know, like I love, I mean, at some point, I guess we have to talk about the set lists and and all that sort of stuff. And I know, I know a lot of fans, you know, complain that, you know, the set list doesn't change enough and they want, you know, all these, all these, you know, rare songs and different songs, and and why don't why do they do the first? You know, why is the first half of the show the same practically every night? And all sorts. Of, I actually, I mean, I love the fact that a U two show has a bit of Broadway in it. I mean, that there's an actual story that they're telling, and I find the story that they're telling in that first half of the show about, you know, the the you know the seventies, um, you know, in the band the band's early days. I mean, it starts with. Uh, it starts with Iris, which is about Bono's mom. Then it expands a little, and the next song is Cedarwood Road, which is about not, not you know, so his mom, you know, that's, that's sort of like what was going on in my house. And then the next song is Cedarwood Road, which is sort of like, here's what was going on with my street and my friends. And then it gets into um, Song for Someone, which is about, so he's, they've gone from house to street, and now Song for Someone is sort of about girls and alley and school. And so it's sort of, it's, it's like this, this sort of flower opening up on, you know, Bono's sort of childhood in particular, his teen years. I 
And then from that, then it gets into Raised by Wolves, which is, you know, about, you know, the 1974 incident that happened in Dublin. I I just find it fascinating the way that they've sort of, you know, this progression of these songs um, and the story that it tells. And then it gets into Sunday, Bloody Sunday and Until the End of the World. And I just... It's such a compelling thing to me that I could just watch that, you know, time and time again. I would go, like I said, I would go every night and for that. And then, you know, I think they are making an effort to, you know, to change things up, um, you know, to some degree at least. You know, obviously they could always do more. Um, but, you know, look, they're, they're the artists and if, as long as they are playing what they want to play, you know, it's it's not the same exact show every night. I saw there was a tweet. Uh, one of the Rolling Stone writers uh, sent a tweet out like a month ago. And I think it said Bob Dylan changed his set list for the first time in like 28 years or something like that or 18, 18 years. And I just looked at them like, wow, could you imagine like do Bob Dylan fans, are they as angry about this as you two fans would be? Right? Yeah, exactly. So if they, if they went all uh, acoustic or something and didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't know. I just, I just, I find it a really. Comp- I love the fact that they don't just come out. I mean, I've seen concerts, and I'm sure you have too, Chris. I've seen concerts where the band they just come out and they play one song, then they play another song, then they play another song, and I mean, it's good. And it's, I mean, I've seen REM tours, and that's the way REM did it every time they've seen them. There's, but there's no sort of story going on. There's no sort of narrative, and I just, I love the fact that you two has that narrative and and i so i just i just find it really compelling yeah which i think is again something where if you just look at the set list you might you might catch what you're you know the stuff that you're talking about but until you either listen through the show and i'm listening to the um christopher schmidt had told me to check out vancouver's night two uh the audio from that and uh or the video i think is on at u2's page probably too but listen to that and until you listen to it all the way through and for me that's always where u2 songs come alive is either if i happen to get to the concert or seeing the concert video or whatever documentary or whatever video afterwards um because then the songs actually you know you see how they breathe next to everything else and and totally yeah so in lieu of that i guess like you said with the set list and stuff what's how has this tour sort of felt uh been different for you from previous tours in in terms of uh because it feels like you know they don't have a um, there's a definitely a, a, a dramatic element to it, a theme to it, but in terms of presentation style and stuff, it doesn't have the sort of big thing that people, you know, the iconic thing that people looked for in the past of, you know, like a Pop Mart tour or the Zoo TV tour, it feels like, and maybe that's where people are 
seeing this sort of as a just a a bit of a vanilla run from even 360 to yeah it's you know? funny that that's yeah, that you're right that's a that's a really good point because you know i like you could look at a photo of the zoo tv tour and say holy moses what am i looking at right yeah. and the same thing with i mean the same thing with the pop mart stage and the same thing with 360 as you were saying i mean um so yeah so just so i guess just from the photos i mean you're right i hadn't even thought about that that it it does kind of look you just kind of like a regular arena show but really Really, when you get into that, that I mean, that that video screen is it's so off the charts <laughs> crazy that like like at the very first Vancouver show, you know, the the first four songs, I mean, like at every show, the first four songs, the, you know, the, everything's turned off. It's just the band on stage with some lights is like a little club show, right? And then the video screen comes on for Iris, and um, you know, so there's some some video up there, and it's cool. And then at Cedarwood Road, you're you're watching Bono, and all of a sudden, wait a second, is that? Are there stairs? Is he like actually climbing up to the video screen? And he is. And then you're like, all right, where did he go? Is he on the other side of the video screen? And then all of a sudden, the song starts, and. <laughs> like he's in the dang thing, right? He's yeah. like he's like in this video screen, and I'm like I was I was shooting video that we you know for for uh, that we put on YouTube. I'm shooting video, and like my jaw hits the ground when you're like you're watching him in the video screen with the he's like interacting with what's on the screen, and he's inside it, and like I just I don't know like when I see something that kind of blows my mind, I just start to like giggle uncontrollably like a little girl, right? <laughs> And so, like, I spend this entire song. I'm just giggling the whole t- the whole time. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I seeing? And so, like, then the next night, like Vancouver two, and then the both Phoenix shows. I was down on the floor in GA, and what I love to do, I just love to turn around and look at the um, the fans in the expensive seats, the the you know, the hundred level seats, and just I love to look at the looks on their faces when he shows up inside the screen, and they're like, everybody's like. Oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> and so it's, it, it's, I mean, that to me is the sort of the, the iconic thing. I mean, this, this video screen is, is really innovative and the way they're using it is really innovative. It's just your, your, what you said is right. You don't get that impression unless you're actually in the room or maybe if you're watching one of the videos of it. it but just to see it in photos, you're like, oh, no big deal. It's just a video screen. Yeah, and there's been a few I know on on Instagram. You guys and others are you know obviously retweeting or reblog, regramming. I guess they're called on there. But you know people's <laughs> photos from there, and and there's a few angles, especially. And it seems like there's always somebody from one show that gets the angle of I don't know what's actually happening. I forget. I don't know what song it's through, but Bono sort of looking up at himself, his big huge head, <laughs> or something right. on the screen, right? And it's like, holy crap, that's actually a really massive screen when you see it at scale like that, and. And what's actually going on visually and artist artistically or whatever with it, it's it's pretty incredible. And yeah, they they, they I mean they use it so creatively. And and during um during until the end of the world, which may be what you what you right. what you're referring to. Um, they they have the you know Bono's out on the E stage, um, and Edge is is Edge the one in the screen at that point? Yeah, he is. Edge is the one walking in the screen at that point, and so they have this close up on of Bono, and it's like um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know how they 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 do this every show. They get it so perfect, like. Um, 
it looks like Edge is like literally walking on Bono's hand because they have the camera so right. tight on Bono, and it's you know, and it's right when he sings the line, "I reached out to the one I tried to destroy," which you know is so you know Bono's being Judas and Edge is being Jesus, which goes back to you know the same routine that they've done for that song all the way back to the Elevation tour. Anyway, it's just it's such a clever. The screen is really so unique and the way they use it is so clever and it's just i it's i just i don't think you appreciate it until you're actually in that building yeah no definitely <laughs> i can definitely uh, um i i know from the 360 tour the last couple of tours anyways too it was the same thing where until you were actually in in the stadium or into the in the concert it was hard to appreciate what was actually going on and, and how it was all connected and visually yeah, and audio, right. audio which um audio wise much has been made sort of as uh, from my what I've read anyways is how the audio isn't much improved in this tour and how they have speakers sort of throughout the stadium or something. And, and, and to a audio or concert audio novice like myself, I play guitar and stuff. So I'm aware of how some of this works, but it seems odd that in 2015, that's a breakthrough, you know, right? Like why didn't anybody (laughs) think this before? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so how, how did you find that? I guess. And is it hard? Can you tell it's better? Is it sort of just, or is it a nice press release or how does it feel? No, you, I, I mean, I think you can, it's, um, I think, you know, I, like in Vancouver, I remember I, I, it, it seemed a little bit on the loud side for, uh, you know, at least for a couple songs. Um, but it's, it's, I, I, it is noticeably, noticeably better to me. And I think even if you're not there experiencing it, um, Listen to, I mean, just listen to some of the, some of the, you know, the, the audio quality on the, the videos that, that people post on YouTube or listen, like last night I was listening to, uh, last night's show, um, there was a gal that was using, uh, this app called Mix LR and it's like this live audio app, um, and I swear the and so I'm just listening to it right over my computer and I, you know, I, I have a little Mac mini, it's not like I have any phenomenal audio set up here. But I'll tell you, the audio quality that I was hearing last night was better than the bootlegs, you know, that that you used to get, you know, ten, fifteen years ago on yeah. tour. It was the the it was insanely good audio quality, and and so, so yeah, I mean, I think I think there is, I think I think it is. Um, there's no echo, right? When you're, when you're in the show, there. I mean, there's absolutely no echo. You don't hear. It's not like like I remember on past tours, like you would see Bono say something, and then like there's this little split second delay for you actually hear what he said it's just it's all very immediate and and yeah i think it i, mean, I think the audio is a lot better and uh but i agree with you like 100 percent. like why weren't we doing this all along yeah. <laughs> it just seems odd because it's and i'm sure there's like you know it's expensive probably to like haul speakers around or whatever it just seems odd that a stadium wouldn't have that but i guess maybe they bring their own speakers along or whatever but i know in past it's like speakers are on the stage and they blast it out to the stadium and and I know on a few tours back, they made the, I had the idea of putting a few speakers at the back sort of to like balance it out and it was in sync somehow or whatever and right. didn't get as much echo. But, but yeah, then again, in 2015, we, this would be this innovation. Yeah, every, everybody <laughs> should be doing it there. I mean, and for those that don't, that don't know, they're, they're, they're hanging speakers from the ceiling, basically. I mean, there's, there's the, you know, all the, all the rigging and, and trusses and all this sort of stuff on the top that, you know, typically hold lighting is now holding, you know, audio. And, and you know, you go into the show and you're standing down the floor. You can just look up and you can see, all right, there's a speaker, you know, at, right above the stage. There's another speaker, you know, 20 yards later, another big speaker 20 yards after that. And so it's, it's you know, just the whole ceiling of the arena 
has you know speakers covering it, and they're you know, so they're pushing the sound down instead of pushing it from side to side. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a few less uh, blown eardrums and stuff through from from those of you who are going night after night. Yeah, exactly. And and, and like I find that I haven't needed to use uh, earplugs at all on this tour. Right. Uh, for any of the shows, like I said, the, 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 it was a little bit loud in Vancouver, but Phoenix it sounded fantastic. So, is there still a, a song that you're holding out hope that they play either on this tour or that they've never played that you're like a, a deep catalog cut that you're? Gosh, no, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I'm not in the um, like Acrobat is the is the what the big song that everybody wants to hear, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in that camp. <laughs> like so, so no. There, there's, there's not. There, I mean, they're playing everything pretty, pretty much. I mean, like I would love to hear, you know, One Tree Hill more regularly. You know, which I think a lot of fans w- would as well. I would love to hear Bad more consistently, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know, I think, I think the, you know, what I think what they're playing is really. I mean, it's, it's. I think the set list is is really good. I like the, the tweaks that they're making. Um, is there one i don't know i mean i'd love to hear i'd love to hear drowning man but i'm afraid it might be really boring <laughs> because it's such a slow song right. and it's so take my You know, so I don't know. I mean, there's, I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's songs I'd, I'd love to hear, but um. yeah, <laughs> the one I, on this, going back to the set listing, the, the comments that I've sort of thought about and read a bit of is like, no line on the horizon is obviously fairly absent from, yeah, from most shows, and and I don't know if I'm trying to remember if that's somewhat intentional where they try and sort of distance themselves from the previous album, but I know you know in the past they definitely have had more than. I think I can't remember maybe one or two songs from the album have been played this tour, but it's definitely kind of been a bit of that swept under the rug feeling. Um, yeah, I think you know I'll, I'll say two things on that. Number one, I think I mean you know Bono says at pretty much every show that the theme of the show is this is surrender, right? So he keeps talking about you know surrender, whatever you know troubles in your life, you know let it go, whatever's bothering you, whatever anger you have, you know let it go, surrender. And so you know he says that word and he talks about that you know throughout the show, and he's done snippets of moment of surrender a few times. I would be shocked if we don't hear that full song um, at some point on this tour. My guess is that it may wait until Europe because I think the album probably was a little more European in sound and vibe and that sort of thing. And it obviously wasn't as well received here in the in the U.S. and Canada. Um, yeah. So I think I think that will happen. But also I think you know probably you know since the since the 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 idea of the show is innocence and experience. I think maybe it's just that. You know, like where does a song like "Magnificent" fit into that? I mean, I don't think it does. Um, you know, where does "Breathe" fit into that? I'm, you know, I, I, I think probably it's just that those songs and that album was such a, um, you know, thematically, it was, it, it just doesn't fit. You know, where they, you know, what they envisioned the story of this show to be. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And it's yeah, it may not be um, just a something related to like what people want to make it about album sales or 
critical reception of an album right. or whatever. Because yeah. yeah, YouTube, like we said earlier, definitely seems to be fairly intentional with why and what they choose to include. And it's not by accident that a song right. is generally put in. Yeah, I agree 100%. Unless fans are shouting really loudly from the, from the <laughs> stage or whatever. Or holding up signs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's, it is funny with this tour. And, and then there was moments in previous tours too. But I know like just the other night, Montreal night, what was it, night three or four, when like all of a sudden everybody was on, like a bunch of fans got invited up on stage to, right during, uh, I still haven't found what street. I for. Yeah, oh, streets. They, yeah, he brought them up at, the, at like the end of this, the, the second half of streets and then they stayed on stage for still haven't found. Yeah. And so like in, with the meerkat thing and other stuff they've done where they have a fan come up and actually video the, the, the band during that portion or whatever. And, and it's a staged element that feels spontaneous, you know, or night after night, especially if you don't go every night <laughs> to a show, mm-hmm. but, uh, there definitely seems to be, and it'll be interesting to see with like the fans that knew that that happened in Montreal. Are they going to be <laughs> hoping for <laughs> expecting, you know, in the future shows now to have, get their invite up on stage to run around and, and do it. <laughs> That's right. I was wondering, yeah, for, I was wondering, you know, for Montreal, for last night's show in Montreal, the fourth one, like, you know, are they, can you even try to top something like that when you've brought 40 fans on stage? Like there's really nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I you know, I think, I think that's probably one of the drawbacks of, of, you know, those of us that are online constantly and watching this stuff like a hawk, you know, and we know everything that happens and, and, you know, so then it becomes easier to be let down by the next show. Oh, well, they did this the night before and, you know, they didn't do it again or whatever. And so, you know, but you think for the average fan that has no idea and doesn't pay attention to this stuff as closely as we do, it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's a night and day experience. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, uh, that was uh, that's a bunch of the stuff that I wanted to chat about with the tour. And uh, you, you guys have been doing awesome work at, at U2.com. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate this, it. this tour, especially, but just in general, obviously, in U2 fandom, as it were. And uh, what, uh, where can folks, obviously, the website at U2.com, any other places to recommend folks check out following along? Uh, we, you know, we do a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, you know, Twitter is a lot easier, you know, for for covering you know for tweeting about shows and and all that sort of stuff so it's you know twitter.com slash atu and the number two that's probably the probably the best way these days cool all right well thanks matt for coming on and thanks uh, for having me chris what a what a a good time and if we get a chance to do it again i'd love to do it yeah for sure that's a real zoo tv moment okay so that was our conversation if you had uh thoughts questions comments concerns uh anger issues with something we just we said <laughs> like we said use the hashtag ask at you too on twitter send us your comments and and or things that you disagreed with maybe <laughs> i don't think we said anything too controversial in that episode. i hope not <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh just before we wrap up this episode just wanted to let you know about the upcoming at you two 20th anniversary party so take it away matt July 29th, it's right here uh, in New York City. Well, right here as in time-wise, it's right here. I am not in New York City at the moment. Um, But yeah, we're super excited. We're celebrating our 20th anniversary, uh, July 29th, starting at 7 o'clock, the Cutting Room in New York. It's an actual uh, concert hall-type venue, and uh, we've got prizes we're going to be giving away. We've got uh, some fun stuff going on, announcements, uh, and we've got a performance by the U2 tribute band called Unforgettable Fire, who 
also happens to be celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. And uh, they're fantastic uh, guys. Met them in Cleveland a couple years ago. They put on a great performance. Um, we're going to have a bunch of our crew there, and it's just going to be a super fun night. And as far as I know, there's still a few tickets available. So anybody that's in New York City before the last two U2 concerts, uh, if you're around on July 29th, uh, we'd love to see you at the cutting room at 7 o'clock. Yeah, I think it's such a great way to... I, I remember when I was in, uh, like, say, Montreal for one of the shows and, and meeting up with other U2 fans and stuff is such an awesome thing to do, especially from the internet community like at U2 and putting faces to names, maybe people you read about, read the articles written by, things like that. Twitter accounts, you sort of connect into the real world and uh, tons yeah, of... Yeah, we... We did, we did a, a party. There was no tribute band or performance or anything, but we did a party um, the night before the tour started in Vancouver. And we must have had, I think, 200, 250 people kind of overtake this Irish bar slash restaurant. And it was just like the most fun night you could imagine because everybody, you know, you, you, you know somebody from Twitter, you know their Twitter handle, but now you get to meet them in person and friendships get made and, you know, connections. And, you know, I mean, a lot of the people that are on the At U2 staff right now are actually friends that I met, you know, before – Pop Mart concerts or Elevation Tour concerts. And so it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just, it's super fun. It's going to be a great night. Awesome. So yeah, be sure to get a ticket if you can and get out to the show. Um, you can find uh, this uh, this podcast is on iTunes, of course, on on the internet at goodstuff.fm slash at you too. This happens to be episode two. Links to the, uh, the uh, where you can buy tickets for the show will be there and uh, check out uh, the Unforgettable, Unforgettable Fire, uh, their, their website. And uh, I think... That's it for this episode. Thanks, Matt. And uh, thank you, Chris. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. <laughs>